Greetings, A to Z Nation. This is Dr. Mark McGranahan from A to Z Pediatrics in Caseyville, Illinois, returning for the Witch Doctor podcast, episode seven. Seven of them already. We've had a bit of a hiatus. You know, we got school started, soccer, basketball, etc., etc., Halloween, field trips, um, bake sales, whatever. Uh, anyway, so here we are. Influenza is our topic. You know, for pediatricians, there's nothing that trips our trigger quite like flu and then flu vaccines. Um, wow. <laughs> so what approach do I take? What what do I do? What can I say? You know, do I do I take the, you know, academic uh, approach, the soft-spoken person with the bow tie, or do I throw a bunch of statistical bombs at all of you to get you to get the flu vaccine? I'm more of a bomb thrower. So here we go. Last year, <laughs> we'll just ask my partners. I really am. Last year in the United States, we had 80,000 deaths from influenza. That's that's right. 80,000. Eight to the fourth power. However you want to look at it, that's a lot of people. That was almost twice as many people as died of drunk driving, if you can imagine. Um, and as far as kids go, since that's our area of specialty, check this one out. This is really, really distressing. We lost 180, 180 children last year in the United States. Many thousands more were hospitalized, some of them very critically ill, uh, many of them critically ill. But that's 180 kids we lost to flu last year, 49%. So half of those kids, they were healthy. No history of other medical problems that put them at risk, you know, so they didn't have asthma or diabetes or heart disease or other kinds of lung disease, immune problems, nothing. And here's the kicker. Here we go. And this is the reason I am doing this podcast today, because I want you to be prepared for Thanksgiving dinner, you know, when Aunt Gertrude or Uncle Jack is sitting there pushing the potatoes around the plate and they say, I never got a flu vaccine and I never got sick. Or, or, you know, Aunt Gertrude, she's going to say, well, the only time I got it, that year I got sick, so it's bad. Oh, my head is pounding right now. And here, here's what you say. Uh, you, can, you confront them with facts, and here are the facts. 80% of the children that died last year, 80% of the children that died last year had not had their flu vaccine. Okay? Boom. Drop the mic. I'm not going to drop the mic because, you know, it's expensive. But let that sink in. 80% of the children that died last year did not have their flu vaccine. And half of the kids that died had no prior medical history, nothing nothing uh, that would make them high risk. That's, that's pretty scary if you think about it. And these are just the fatalities. This is nothing to say of the kids that got very, very ill who were hospitalized, and even even uh, the subset of those who were in the ICU. Very, very scary courses. And a lot of those kids who are in the ICU, you know, they may have long-term ongoing problems. So this is, this is not just the numbers. These are lifelong stories. These are, are uh, affecting many, many thousands of people as well. And again, 80,000 adults in the United States dead last year because of flu did not have to happen. So, you know, what is flu, by the way? Influenza. Ugh, my profession does such a horrible, horrible pro uh, 
problem. Well, it is a problem. We do a horrible job, rather, of of um, getting our nomenclature correct. The flu I'm talking about is not a viral stomach bug, term for which is acute viral gastroenteritis, right? It's a stomach bug. It's often called the stomach flu. Um, providers do it as, as well as everyone else, and we shouldn't call it the stomach flu. It is not in any shape, way, or form influenza virus. The flu we're talking about when we say flu season and flu vaccine and all this, is it is a virus, but it is primarily a respiratory virus. And it is spread by aerosolization. It floats through the air and also respiratory droplets. Okay, so you can spread it by contact and also just by breathing. If you're in our exam room in the office for five minutes in that size of a room, okay, that's an exposure. Bam. All right, there you go. This virus is one that produces some very, very distinctive symptoms. You get high fever, chills, body aches, headache, cough, nasal congestion. Very rarely, well, not very rarely, maybe only about a quarter of the time, kids will get some gastrointestinal symptoms, you know, maybe vomiting or something. But, um, but that's never the main, the main symptom, and it's never present by itself. So that's what we got. So the vomiting and diarrhea and, you know, the 24-hour bug and all that business, that is not influenza, all right? So we're just, just to get the, the terms correct here and, and clear the air. And again, most of that is my profession's fault uh, because we have to be better communicators. But anyway, so, so what do we do about this? I, I threw these very, very anxiety-provoking statistics at you. Um, what do we do? Well, there's good news. The good news is that we have always had something that we can do to defend ourselves, and it's called the flu vaccine. The flu vaccine actually is extraordinarily helpful and beneficial in preventing two things. Number one, hospitalization, and number two, mortality, i.e. death, okay? Extraordinarily successful. Fine, McGranahan, you say, but why does it have such a bad reputation? Why do Uncle Jack and Aunt Gertrude every Thanksgiving tell me that I'm an idiot for getting the flu vaccine and they're 150 years old and it's never happened? Um, well, what we, what we do when we think about that line of reasoning is, is let's compare that to other uh, logical fallacies, right? So let's, um, let's think of a similar example. Ah, I know. I have never been in a fatal car accident. You know this because I'm here talking with you. Therefore, I don't ever have to wear a seatbelt. Okay? You would say that if I didn't take advantage of the restraint system in my vehicle, I, was, I would be a fool, right? Quite true. Same thing. Well, I've never, never rolled my motorcycle, so I don't need to wear a helmet, etc., etc. That's foolishness. That's idiocy. So by the same token, if we use the, the same thought process and we say, well, you know, I've never gotten influenza or I've never been sick from flu, uh, therefore I don't need to protect myself with flu vaccine. Really, really not a rational thought process. So I, I, I really don't know how to address it other than to say that a very high percentage of people that die have not been vaccinated. So then the other argument is, well, hey, McGranahan, you know, a lot of people say that they get flu vaccine and they get sick. Yes, you do. Because you know what? Here's something that's very, very interesting. There are more than just one types of illness that come around in the winter. 
Oh, oh my gosh, are you serious? Yes, I am serious. There's not just influenza. You can get that gastroenteritis I talked about. You can get any one of dozens of cold viruses. You could get mono. Oh, holy cow. You could get uh, adenovirus, you know, enteroviruses, uh, Coxsackie virus, this virus, that virus, right? CMV, everything. Okay. Um, so sometimes people make the logical fallacy that's formally termed in Latin uh, post hoc ergo propter hoc. What that means is, in English, uh, if something occurred after this, then it occurred because of this. In other words, I ate mac and cheese today. The next day I get strep throat. Therefore, mac and cheese causes strep throat. <laughs> oh, I know that's stupid. But, you know, imagine, imagine, though, if you hear someone that says, well, I got a flu vaccine on Thursday and I got sick on Saturday. Therefore, the flu vaccine caused my illness. It couldn't have been any one of the dozens of places you visited and all of the doorknobs and countertops and everything that you've touched and after which you've rubbed your mouth and nose and all of the contaminated food uh, that's contaminated with viruses by other people or maybe you ate after your granddaughter or whatever. No, it couldn't be any of those things. It had to be the flu vaccine. Right. So um, this is these are logical fallacies. This is tunnel vision is what it is. So what we do is we use science and we use logic and we say that we analyze the data. Right. And we know that the vast majority of people that die have not been immunized. That's what we know. And we also know there's very, very good data that's that shows a couple of things that amongst the people who do get sick, whether or not they had the flu vaccine, really, really influences how well they do. So the CDC looks at two large groups of flu patients, and we look at what are the rates of hospitalization and death in the vaccinated group versus the unvaccinated group. Two very, very different rates of hospitalization and death. Pretty clear. Pretty clear stuff. Now that I've convinced you all to get the flu vaccine, uh, who do we give it to? You know, who, who can get this? Good news. The answer is that everybody age six months and up is able to get the flu vaccine. So that's good. We have it available. There uh, used to be the flu mist vaccine, the nasal vaccine for age uh, two years and up. That's not recommended uh, actually the past uh, three years. It's been reintroduced this year, but it's still not recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics because during the 13-14 um, uh, year and the 14-15 year, and the 15-16 year as well, those three flu seasons, the efficacy of the vaccine was not nearly as good as the traditional inactivated shot. So it was inferior. The nasal mist was inferior to the uh, traditional injectable vaccine. And so it's not viewed as ethical to give that because it's an inferior alternative. So that's not available uh, this year from us in most places. So you get the flu vaccine. Great. It takes about two or three weeks to, well, here, let me back up though. So, so everyone age six months and up gets it, right? Okay. Who needs a flu booster? Because a lot of parents uh, have heard that some kids need an extra one. Um, and it's, it's real, really easy. If you are under nine years old, when you get your first flu vaccine, if this is the first season that you had it, then you need a booster a month later. Every year thereafter, you just get it once a year like adults. So it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. Now, what if you only got one flu vaccine? the first year you got it and you were under nine years old. Well, then the following season, you get your first one and then you get a booster then. 
and then you're fine. If you start when you're after uh, older than um, nine years old or nine years and up rather, then you just get one a year, just like adults. So it has to do with the protection against uh, influenza type B that is conferred by just one dose when you're small. So we're kind of tailoring it to the age of the patient. So very good. It's not hard. Flu vaccine is available everywhere. We have an excellent supply at our office, and it's available at, at you know all of the children's hospitals, all of our community hospitals. Uh, there's no no shortage of uh, retail-based clinics at pharmacies. Very often we'll have them as well. So go for it, uh, please. No matter where you get it, our main objective is just that you get immunized. We don't care if you come to our office for it or not. We do it as a, as a service, but really our main focus is just making sure that everybody gets protected because it is. It's, uh, you can only imagine if we haven't experienced it, your child, a victim of flu, knowing that they could have been immunized but weren't. Something that was totally in our power to do. We didn't do it. And then the unthinkable happens, you know, God forbid. So, so that's, that's really the message today. You know, all of my kidding around at the beginning of this. Wow. Um, very, very few scenarios can be any worse than that for a parent. You, you just can't imagine it. So we are here to try to prevent that. So who else can get flu vaccine? I've talked about kids. Obviously, um, anyone of any age above six months can get it. So young adults. Maybe you're least at risk yourselves for complications as long as you don't have asthma, diabetes, heart disease, kidney disease, pulmonary disease. But you may be a sibling of someone who's young or a grandson or granddaughter of someone who's old and frail or a neighbor of someone with an abnormal immune system or, or someone who's expecting a baby, you know, um, any of these things. So even though you might be young and healthy, you can do this to help protect your family, friends, neighbors, close contacts, things like that. Pregnant women are at the top of the list for priority, okay? So they um, can receive their flu vaccine, uh, the inactivated one, so the injection, anytime during pregnancy, anytime, anytime. And, you know, um, since Infants under six months of age can't get their own vaccine. It's really important that moms get vaccinated while they're pregnant because you transfer those good antibodies to your baby when um, he or she is in the womb and then through breastfeeding afterward. So, and those antibodies do linger for a few months after the kids are born. So you're still giving them that gift of immunity even, even when they're physically separated from you which is pretty awesome, uh, beautifully designed system. And then, you know, the other thing you can expect, and you certainly will get this at our office, is that all healthcare personnel, they get their annual flu vaccines too, because we need to prevent flu so that we can stay healthy to take care of all of our patients. And also we don't want to make uh, them sick by passing the illness on to them. So you have a right to expect that of every healthcare provider. And that certainly is, again, what you'll, what you'll find at our office. So there you go. Last line of defense, of course, is antiviral medications like Tamiflu and other things. You know, the, they have their place. They don't really work all that well, quite honestly, and they're quite expensive. There are some times and places when you would use them to help, but they are in no way a substitute for having been immunized. And why is that? Well, they don't actually kill the flu virus. They kind of slow it down. But number two, the very, very, very most effective thing against the flu virus is our own immune system, our own antibodies. And the flu vaccine gives them a head start. 
that's what you want. You are, if you're unimmunized, if you're unprotected against flu and you get hit by it, and then here comes McGranahan writing you a uh, prescription for Tamiflu, I mean, that's fine, but your body is way behind the eight ball, and we're, we're just nibbling around the edges with the antivirals, okay? So, I mean, we'll do it because we want to do everything we can in certain circumstances. Other times, it's, you know, it doesn't really help, and that's our job. We'll tell you which situation's which. But, uh, but yeah, it's super, super important. You know, please protect yourself ahead of time. So, very good. All right. I think we have covered pretty much everything. So, what do we do today? We talked about flu. What is it? What is it not? We talked about the very, very important preventive tool that we have and why it's safe and why it's effective. And that's after we painted a pretty bleak but accurate picture of last year's flu season. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. So I, I hope, uh, I hope, and then of course, who and, and uh, how you can be immunized, we went through as well. So I hope all this information was helpful. A lot of you have already gotten your flu vaccine wonderful. You were doing a great thing for yourself and all those folks around you. To those of you who are stragglers out there, uh, the good news is that, that there's no um, significant shortage this year, so you should be fine to get it, uh, whether it's at our office or whether it's at um, other offices or hospitals or retail-based clinics. Any of that is just fine. Please go ahead and do it. Um, and also, at Thanksgiving dinner, please be kind to Aunt Gertrude and Uncle Jack. Try to convince them to get the flu vaccine, though, because, you know, we don't want this winter to polish them off. Do we? <laughs> of course we don't. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, this is uh, Dr. Mark McGranahan signing off. Please go ahead and uh, rate us uh, on iTunes and your favorite podcast app. Uh, the uh, More often we get a thumbs up the better it is uh, for our visibility on these apps so that we can hopefully reach out and um, educate more people. Also, uh, just a reminder that these podcasts are meant for general information only and that when we're talking about care of a particular patient or your particular child, please go ahead and contact us for that detailed type of medical decision making that we can only apply to your little one. So we are at area code 618 345-5437-a-to-z-pediatrics.com. Thank you very much and have a good flu season. Bye.